my sorority sister called me over and said to me, I just want to tell you that I think you should be a little more insecure. guys, this is Taylor, your host. Welcome back to Girl Gaze. Cure your Sunday scaries with a new episode and a mimosa, but hold the OJ. Get ready for brunch with me and special guests as we chat about all things fashion, career building, and adulting. In today's episode, we are joined by a refreshingly relatable and inspirationally insightful guest, Liv Schreiber. Liv is a 23-year-old girl boss who quite literally radiates positivity when she just stepped into my apartment. And by the way, this is the first time we've ever met. And I also slid to her DMs just like I slid to Emily's, by the way. And she just had a huge smile on her face and now she's like blushing, but it's fine. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Taylor, why do you do me like that? Hi. <laughs> um, I'm embarrassed. But hi, I'm Liv Schreiber. It is so nice to be here with all of you and with Taylor. I run a branding and consulting agency. They call me the Brand Whisperer. Wow. <laughs> and also, I'm a millennial mentor. So my passion is for fashion, for branding, and for most importantly, guiding other girls, younger mm-hmm. girls, older women, just people in general, um, to be enthusiasts in their own life. Where can everyone find you on social, just in case they're like on their phones and want to hop to Instagram? You can find me at Liv Schreiber, L-I-V-S-C-H-R-E-I-B, as in boy, E-R. There you go, guys. In today's episode, we are talking about kindness and authenticity. How being kind can change your life and the lives of those around you, and how to maintain a positive mindset despite whatever setbacks you're facing. Guys, this is going to be a relatable and inspirational episode. I'm so excited to dive in, especially because you know when you're in a great mood already and then you meet up with someone or you meet someone who is kind of on the same wavelength as you? That's literally what's happening right now. So let's let's get into it. But before we get started, we will go into our gaze of the week. So in every episode, we begin with the gaze of the week, which is basically a thought or realization, big or small, that you may have reflected on during the week prior. I love that. Um, this week, I have been working. I've been working for the past three months on forming my LLC mm-hmm. and running my company. That is so exciting. Talk about a girl boss, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I just came to the realization this weekend that pressure is a privilege. And I repeat that to myself alone, in my head, out loud, on the streets, mm-hmm. whenever I'm feeling stressed. And this has been quite recent um, because, you know, I'm learning about taxes. I have three-hour meetings with accountants. I have no idea it's what no I'm joke. doing. It's no joke and nothing to mess around with. And so whenever I get, you know, a little bit over my head, I always repeat to myself, pressure is a, a privilege. And it's also all about perspective and no matter where you work, who you work with, you just have to remember that we all work in the business of people, right? Mm -hmm. So what's been really interesting to me as my girl gaze realization continues is I've been really building my own brand since I was nine years old. And it all starts with being nice to someone who you don't know, Mm -hmm. stranger, strangers turn into friends. And I think that's why I've been able to uh, form my own company is 
because I've been in the business of people and because I have consciously made an effort to treat people with respect. Yeah, I love that. And we will definitely dive into your LLC and your new company that you're building a little bit later on. Um, But first, my gaze of the week is based on something that happened to me when I was covering the Golden Globes at the New York Post, which I told you guys about in the last episode. And this time around, I actually got to write an article my first article on an award show. So this is my second time covering an award show. I had to go into the office on a Sunday, 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. It was like crazy night. Yeah. So we all like started by watching the red carpet together. And then we left that like conference room area and went to our desks. And usually I'm writing captions. And what that means is um, because it's a newspaper, we will have like a collage of the best dress. I did captions and I got to write an article. So I was really, really excited. Anyway. I wrote the article and I got great feedback, except my boss who edited it came up to me afterward and said, hey, Taylor, in the future, just make sure you triple check with your fact checking. I'm a perfectionist. I always have been uh, middle school, high school, college, no matter what I did, whether it was grades, whether it was, you know, an extracurricular, I always just I mean, it's my biggest strength, but my greatest weakness in a sense. So I was kind of really hard on myself especially because I'm new to this position, so I want to make a really great impression. But I let it go because I realized it's okay to make a mistake as long as you don't repeat it. Now, I will never make that mistake again. I will take those extra 15 minutes to, you know, fact check everything um, even more. Right. And it brings me back. I played tennis in, you know, so middle school I. and high school. No way. Yes. So maybe you'll relate to this because it's it's a mental sport, because it's an independent sport. And my coach would always say to me, and something that's ingrained to my in my mind still to this day is it's okay if a coach, you know, tells you to change your stroke in a certain way or to improve your footwork or whatever it may be. And that's great. I mean, everyone wants to improve upon themselves, but don't make the same mistake twice. Amen. So let's get started with a little background just so my audience can get to know you a little bit better. Where are you from? I'm from Mendham, New Jersey, a small town that no one knows. (laughs) Where did you go to school? I went to Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and I graduated in two and a half years. How, first of all, how? Like, (laughs) wow, I'm impressed. (laughs) I didn't mean to just come out there and be like, yeah, I was there. Um, I am a nerd and I've always been really proud to Mm -hmm. be one. Um, I went in with tons of AP credits and Those are the best. Well, I didn't have to take any math classes. Yes. <laughs> um, I was avoiding math classes I myself. Know. So studied abroad and made sure to, you know, double up on credits. I was doing like 24 credits. That's crazy. Wow. But I still had fun. So why did you decide to graduate early? I was over it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such stigma, and you can't see me talking right now, but my hands are like big Italian <laughs> grandmother, but there's such a stigma around wanting college to be the best four years of your life. It's pressure, honestly. And you know what? I was over it. I've always wanted to hustle. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be in the real world. And although I didn't have someone to look up to in that moment, who had also graduated early, I just knew in my heart that, you know, I have a a theory that I live by, which is when you get too comfortable, Mm -hmm. it's time to move on. I love that. And I was so comfortable, Mm -hmm. so I was ready to push myself. Yeah. 
I studied marketing and journalism, except nice. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, now I feel like your marketing is, I feel like it all kind of sticks with you. Yeah. And even though, even if you don't go into a career based on what your exact major was, I feel a lot of the skills we learned throughout college are applicable to many different jobs. Right. So I'm sure you're definitely using a lot of them, <laughs> even if it's subconsciously. I also think it's more about like the experiences that you have and the, what I always tell my clients who I consult and mentor, um, the girls who message me on DM or Instagram is like, mm-hmm. you know what, forget about the academics and the school, not that it doesn't matter, but focus on like your internships and your job. I had a job or one to three jobs every semester, like just trying things out, getting my feet wet. And I think that's what led to- You're such a hustler. Go or girl. get involved on campus. What brought you to New York City? Did you know that you always want to end up here? Always. I knew too. Because <laughs> you're close, I'm close. Yeah. We're fine. Always. <laughs> it was a non-negotiable. I knew I was coming here. And how old were you when you moved here? 21. Okay, so good age. At least mm-hmm. you got rid of the fake ID. Didn't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> What's your favorite part about living in the city? Everything. I can never be bored. I need constant stimulation. And I think mm-hmm. that... I live in Tribeca, so it's, you know, it's quiet. It's where all the bankers and, and they call it um, Triburbia. It's where all like the babies and the dogs are. And then it's you quiet up me, here too. It's like, I'm barreling down the street and like my fashionista outfits. Every, all the bankers on Wall Street are staring at me. They're like, who let this girl in? <laughs> it's good to be bold though, to it's make fun. a statement. <laughs> Let's get into where your career journey started post-grad. Well, Taylor, great question because You know, as a girl who grew up in the fashion industry, my family has a a leather company. We do Mm -hmm. handbags, Latika Leathers, shout out. Um, Oh yeah, I like your bag. Thank you. Is that from Latika Leathers? Okay. It is. I approve, guys. <laughs> I actually stole it. It was a sample, and I was like, I, I need this. And I love samples. We put oh, it in I production. mean, in the fashion closet, I get sent samples from brands, <laughs> and I'm like, I love free stuff. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Anyways, um, and it's really cool, too. We designed it to have a secret phone compartment. So, like, you know how you always use your phone mm-hmm. in your bag? Actually, on the inside, there's oh, a Oh, I love that. Ooh, I'll, I'll check it out after we're done recording. Yeah, I have to get you one. <laughs> but my career journey started when I realized, you know what? I've been working in fashion Uh, my entire life and I've been very grateful for that but I didn't know if that was actually what I loved or if it was just something I was surrounded Mm -hmm. by Um, I grew up with leather skins on my kitchen table factory visits I speak Spanish fluently because it's a requirement in my family that we you know talk to people who... So everyone in your family speaks fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever sit at the dinner table or growing up and you guys would just like all speak in Spanish or is that a weird thing <laughs> no, to ask? No, but my parents <laughs> are really smart and they would speak in Spanish so that we wanted to learn and understand what oh, they were wow. saying. Oh, <laughs> cool. That's some part how I learned. Wait, also, um, just a side note, so you have one brother. I have a twin brother. Oh, He's a twin, single. guys. He's so cute and he lives in New York City. <laughs> and he's smart. You hear that, everyone? Liv is nice. raving about her brother. He's tall. Oh, okay. Tall is important. He's going to be so embarrassed when he listens. <laughs> His name's Ben Schreiber. You can follow him. Oh, well, he's going to get so many girls following him now. <laughs> Sometimes I put him on my Instagram story and I'm, I like do a Q&A with him and I have these girls DMing me and I feel like I'm the matchmaker and oh my God, I'm in hilarious. charge of my sister-in-law, future sister-in-law. It's... It weighs heavily on my shoulders. <laughs> and he speaks Spanish, so yeah. can't beat it. 
Um, sounds like you're interested. I'll, I'll say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but as for career journey, I had been surrounded by all this fashion my entire life. So I decided to get into something I've always been curious about, mm-hmm. which is real estate. Oh, nice. Had no experience, like literally knew nothing about it. How did you go about that? Or how'd you get your first job? I studied to take the two tests. I spent the summer in school. I I went abroad to Australia and then just decided not to go back. That's so fun. Oh my gosh. They, I I went abroad and uh, it was junior year and I was like, you know what? Wisconsin is not going to live up to this. I hate to say it. So I moved to the city after going abroad. No one knew. I just didn't show up. Oh my God, you ghosted everyone. I didn't show up. (laughs) Senior year, I just did not show up. Um, it was funny, but went into school, real estate, mm-hmm. got my license. So you went into school in the city for mm-hmm. real estate. New York. How long was that? Like, what does that look like? I crammed in like three, three to six hours a day just to get my license as quick as possible. Damn. Good for you. But it actually led to my first failure. Okay. Explain. I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. I loved million dollar listing. Yeah. Of course. I really wanted to do it to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I started selling apartments and... In the city. In you the sold city. apartments, okay. Like penthouses, major apartments, and... Um, and you were young. You're I was like 21, 21 now. And everyone was darting. And I was working. And How did you feel that... Did you feel FOMO at all? I, I don't let myself have FOMO because... I I really have worked hard to create a space on social media that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So like, if I don't know you, if we're not gonna get coffee together, you're not my friend. Mm-hmm. You're not my friend on at least I don't follow you on Snapchat or Instagram. Mm-hmm. It just it it's my rule. Yeah, you know I actually clean out my Snapchat like every month for people who I don't regularly talk to. I understand that Instagram I probably follow like. Thousands of people, or I don't even know how many people Your I follow. Cousins, best friends, ex yeah. girlfriends, like, dogs, and some sister. random people. Yeah. Um, but on Snapchat, I have a really curated friend list because I don't want to feel FOMO right. for someone who is not in my daily life. So I right. totally feel that and agree with you. But even so, I still felt FOMO 100%. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. And it was sad, and I cried, and I was living alone, and I didn't know anyone. And mm-hmm. I remember, and this was only two years ago, I remember walking down the street, seeing people have plans, have dinner with each other, and feeling literally jealous that I didn't even have a single person to go have dinner with. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Yeah. Um, but I wanted to hustle, and it was my decision. Um, I, and obviously now you've grown from it. Yes, completely. Mm. But, you know, it just goes to show that when you first jump off a ledge, it's going to be scary, but you're going to find your wings yeah, to, you know, fly away. Of course. Away Even when I moved to the city and I'm, I moved when I was 22, back in September, it's scary. How did you go about meeting new people? I started going to events alone. Hmm. I would find out about them on Facebook or seeing email. What kinds of events? Fashion events, mm-hmm. um, literally anything. Workout classes alone. And at first, when you do things alone, it's really scary. It's really scary. I mean, I've gone to fashion events alone because I sometimes have to for my job. Right. And I would go, <laughs> I would interview whoever I had to interview, and I would leave. Get and I'd be like, I, <laughs> I remember my first event I had to go to, I interviewed... Um, three Montclair designers and my second one that I did I interviewed Adriana Lima and I literally just went there I interviewed the people who I was supposed to interview you know prepared did a great was proud of myself did a great job 
And then I left. And I was thinking, I wish I would have networked. I wish I would have said hi to someone. But it's intimidating. Right. Especially when you're new to the city. You have no idea what to do, what to say, what to wear. But you know what? You go. And you force yourself. My mom always would tell me, just go. Mm -hmm. So I just went, Taylor. And I... I, I did not let myself leave. I'm like a, a crazy swimming instructor in my head. I refused to let myself leave until I met at least five people and exchanged numbers and made plans. So how'd you go up to them? Hi, how are you? I'm Liv. I love your sweater. No, I way. know the outfit compliment is like the <laughs> perfect way. In. But make it genuine. And also, yeah. you know, I'm a very spiritual, like energy kind of person mm-hmm. so I know in two seconds when I look at you like what you're made of and uh-huh. I knew anyone I was approaching was authentic and cool and and I would want to be friends with them so you know you you move to the city and you're meeting all these new people and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to go to these events and workout classes alone but all the meanwhile you're still working your desk job in real estate Tell me more about that. I loved the people, loved everything about it, except for doing leases 24-7 behind a desk. I started branding under the table. I started working on my Instagram, just kind of for myself, documenting what what it was like to graduate early and work while everyone was drinking and and what it was like. I just decided either I'm going to delete my Instagram or I'm just going to be me. And Mm -hmm. it was just like that. And... Once I graduated and moved to the city and was all alone, had no friends, I needed to talk to someone, so I just started talking to the camera. And I started getting followers and kept doing it and realized that under the table, literally at my desk, under the table, that was where my passion was born. And around this time is when people really started to look at Instagram under a new light. This meant content creation, building your own brand through the platform, etc. And I will definitely have a full episode designated to that because, I mean, I'm super passionate about it as well. So get ready for that in the near future. But from there, Liv pitched herself to a modeling agency to teach models how to brand themselves as more than just a pretty face because she realized highlighting your personality on social is just as important as posting bomb photos. So now that she's discovered where her passion lies, she needed to secure something before she could say goodbye to her stable job. So major lesson, never quit unless you have something lined up. Mm -hmm. End of story, period. So, you know, I'm on my own. I had to make sure I could keep living in my apartment, whatnot, afford some salads, et cetera, et cetera. Leave your apartment in general because there's a meme that says you leave your apartment and you automatically spend $100 in the city or $50, whatever it was. Oh so my it's God, no joke. Funny. Yeah, it's no joke. So I had to make sure I was taking care of myself. Um, what happened is I was asked, it's a funny story, I was asked to give a testimonial. I had taken a course while at... Wisconsin because I loved fashion, Mm -hmm. but I went to a Big Ten school for the experience. Mm -hmm. So happy I did. Loved it. But it was called Teen Vogue Fashion Industry Essentials. And they asked me to come in and give a testimonial. Mind you, I emailed, and my finger is pointing up right now, I emailed (laughs) Teen Vogue for two years straight because all I wanted to do is get in their office to give a testimonial. That's all I wanted. They emailed me. 
right what as What was I your was, reaction? I was like, <gasps> uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Scheduled it, went in, was sitting on the stool in front of a green screen giving a testimonial, and I said to them, by the way, is the CEO here? I don't know what overcame my body, but something did. And they said, you know, John, of course, let me go check. They brought him in. Wow. I had two minutes to figure out while they were going to get him what I was going to say because I just demanded that the CEO <laughs> come see me. I'm sitting there and I said to him, you know what? He goes, you know, what? I go, I am a student of your work and your target demographic is the average 21-year-old girl. So you need me to give you advice as to how to market, what to say, who we should be interviewing. What your demographic wants to see because you are the demographic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He goes, hired. No fucking way. (laughs) Guys, that is an elevator pitch, okay? And you know what? (laughs) I worked for them on and off, interning, whatnot, doing work for them for about two years. This experience totally validated the fact that Liv has a unique POV point of view. And honestly, we all do. Think about it. Liv sold herself to the head honcho at Teen Vogue, which, damn, that's hella ballsy, by telling him he needed her refreshing and youthful perspective to bring the brand to the next level. Even take a look at my branding for Girl Gaze. It's different, and it's totally me. Everyone has their own aesthetic and vision, and she monetized hers. So after her experience at Teen Vogue, she continued to pitch herself to brands she loved. And and there were a lot, whether it was through meeting people on the job and at events, or through Instagram and the DMs. Which, remember, in my very first episode, I said to never underestimate what sliding in the DMs can do. Something I find fascinating is that all of my guests voice similar thoughts to what I preach and actually live by. It's so important to note those similarities because if it works for me and it works for them, it will work for you. What started with a shit ton of cold call pitches resulted in a few that stuck for Liv. And listen, you don't need that many. Even think back to Sam's episode where she sent out How many was it? Like a crazy number, 72 or something, uh, internship applications and one stuck. That's, it's a, it's a math game, you know? And for a gal who doesn't love math, it works. So now she's built herself a branding and social media agency for exclusive clients, including Spanx Activewear, and she helps them build their brands through storytelling on social with her POV. And on top of that, she is a millennial mentor. So when did that all start for you? It started as I was running to show an apartment when I was I had just turned 22. A girl on Instagram asked to call me. And we had an hour-long talk, and I realized that, I mean, let me rewind. When I was nine years old, I went to a sleepaway camp called Camp Starlight, and there was a girl, her name is Brielle Namer, and I worshipped the Mm -hmm. ground she walked on. Was she older than you? She was like 11, and I was nine. Uh Uh-huh. Actually, she was like 15, and I was nine. And I worshipped her, and a summer later, she passed away from Ewing sarcoma. Oh. And it changed my life. Mm -hmm. It changed my, 
the trajectory of my life and I didn't see it coming. Um, she didn't know she changed my life, but she, everyone mm-hmm. in her family does. I write them letters. Um, but from that, uh, passion was born and it was becoming the Brielle that she was to me, to everyone else I can meet. That's amazing. I've always used Instagram as a tool to reach as many girls as possible. Yeah, I do. So naturally, of course, what am I going to do when a hundred girls are trying to call me all at once? Well, I am a businesswoman and I'm going to make a business of it in obviously a good way. Uh-huh. I want to help as many people as possible. So um, I mentor anywhere from three to five girls per day, half hour calls. Some wow. have six sessions with me, some have year-long sessions with me and I hold them really dear to my heart so how do they find you they just find you on Instagram, Instagram. and how how many girls have you mentored I mean I'm I feel like it's a lot now <laughs> because you're saying three to it's, five it's, per day it's a lot I'm I have an excel sheet uh and I can't remember you have it. to stay organized I, obviously I, <laughs> and that's actually something I we have to talk about is organizational I know because that's I wouldn't be able to operate let's talk about it now okay so how do you stay organized I have a post-it note calendar okay explain more Taylor you're gonna think I'm crazy wait wait so do you literally have like <laughs> post-it notes and you do like first day second mm-hmm. day third day you're gonna think I'm actually insane. oh my gosh I <laughs> I came to a realization that everything we surround ourselves with is what we become. That's it. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. The people you surround yourself with, the colors, the sounds, the podcasts you listen to, what you see on Instagram, it all becomes you. So I treat myself like a kindergartner and I'm very aware of what I'm digesting, both physically, literally, and Mm -hmm. mentally. Um, So yeah, I have a, a... sounds so psycho but I take all my like bright pink bright blue post-it notes and my my room looks like it's like a kinder like a child's <laughs> room it's like all bright colors and I at the beginning of every month it's my new year's resolution I don't do 12 month long new year's resolutions mm-hmm. they rarely happen I do three month long or one month long. Oh, I love that so you know my goal for this month was to do you know tons of hot pilates it. It's not just hot Pilates, but I make uh, an outline of my month on my wall. So I wake up every morning and I see how many days I've left of the month. And you'd be surprised at how quickly the month flies by. Um, so I go up to it and I like to schedule in something social, a workout, and something motivational. And also like all my other plans mm-hmm. and things I have to do for the day. But that's what keeps me on track. I mean, you wake up and you stare at it. Right. I stare at it and I'm rigid with myself and I need to be and we all need to be. And, you know, you know how your mom used to schedule or dad used to schedule play dates for you in her little book, her little calendar, at least mine did. Now we're adults. <laughs> you know, now we're adults. So I have to schedule my own play dates and I have to take care of myself and I'm literally not going to do it if it's not written down. Mm-hmm. So um, just being able to look up, stare at it and have plans like I plan for events parties things in a a month in advance I'll sit down on the first of every month I'll write down everything I did the month before from Mm -hmm. all my post-it notes and then I text all the people I want to hang out with all the people I want plans with and I say let me know what day works for you my month is free my month is open for you you tell me you're my first priority and it's crazy because now that I'm like kind of sort of getting the gist of having a social like work-life balance Mm -hmm. and everything. In college, 
you don't necessarily have to plan all of your days because you know your they friend lives down the hall right. or down the street <laughs> and you'll see them and your schedule like all you have to worry about is just going to class and then being social basically mm-hmm. or doing a club whatever your interests are but when you're in the city now you have a job or when you graduate right there's just so many more responsibilities that the month quite literally flies by right. and that idea yeah i love it keeps me on track mm-hmm. and so uh, tell me about i saw on your instagram a little bit of a stalker but so as you were co- as you're coaching girls you posted that you invited a girl to stay on your couch <laughs> let's let's get into that listen life gets boring when you stay within the limits of what you already know <laughs> and every day i really make an effort to do something try something tease something new mm-hmm. i was on a phone call a coaching call with a girl from Minnesota. She actually had called me. She was my first consulting call. No way. We just spoke about her. And she called me when I was in real estate. And two years later, here I am picking up the phone again. Did you remember your conversation? Of course. Mm-hmm. I, I remember everyone and mm-hmm. I take notes too. So oh, yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm. But I said to her, what's going on? And she said, you know how I talked she talked to me about a, a jewelry business she had wanted to start two years ago, and she still hadn't started it. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to help you. <laughs> I said, there's an accessories gift show, which is where buyers come to buy um, our handbags wholesale or any other bags. So sacks and free people will buy from different brands mm-hmm. there. And I said, I can sneak you in. We can go to all these jewelry manufacturers, wholesalers, and I could just at least just show you what it's about. Yeah. What the industry is about. You live in Minnesota. I'm lucky to be here, and I'd love to show you her. She said, okay, I'll think about it. I did not think that she was going to come and How take- How old is she, by the way? She, my, uh, 22. Okay. Our mm-hmm. age. And she- came oh my god she booked a flight oh did she did she come already she literally she just left oh my god so first of all how was it so (laughs) she came over to your place yeah no she didn't she actually didn't end up sleeping over okay um which it's a a thought that matters i was upset about it because i was ready i had all my candles i was so excited um but you know what i am the same person in real life as i am on social media Mm -hmm. so she wasn't she knew she knows me yeah everyone knows me there's Mm -hmm. nothing that you guys who are listening or you don't know mm-hmm. um, aside from like really really deep dark secrets I'm just kidding <laughs> um, but she came and we walked around together and it was the best time and now I'm excited to be um, coaching her on her business strategy for the next six sessions that's amazing how do you feel that you're having such a huge impact on tons of girls it's really nice of you to say I don't think of it that way I just really always go back to Brielle. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's what I'm here to do. I think that every stranger is waiting to be a friend. And for the most part, some strangers are strange and you should stay away. But <laughs> we do live in New York City. But you know what? Like, I've learned a lot and I've always stuck out. I was bullied when I was little. And I just think that we all need a little bit of motivation, mm-hmm. of happiness and that's just what I try to do. How old were you when you were bullied? 
since I was nine. Oh my gosh, what? Oh yeah. Who would bully you? (laughs) Trust me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So did that have an impact on you? Of course. Mm -hmm. And you know what? To all the bullies out there, just so you know, number one, actually not to speak to the bullies, a few things I learned really Mm -hmm. quickly. Number one, bullies are hurting. They are the ones that are insecure. They're the ones that you should feel bad for. Mm -hmm. So if anyone ever tries to pick on you, if you see girls sharing your Instagram stories, if you see people speaking badly, commenting on your stuff, sending you nasty messages, you just feel bad for them because they have Mm -hmm. anger inside. And that's not something that we have. Yeah, and they feel like they have to put someone else down to mm-hmm. make them to lift themselves up which is right. obviously a red sign and that's the secret and mm-hmm. once you realize that number one i read a quote once like you can be the ripest juiciest peach in the world and not someone's just not going to like peaches mm-hmm. and like once you realize that people are going to make fun of you they're not going to like you they don't need a reason to not like you they're just not not going to like you mm-hmm. you can do whatever the heck you want because yeah. It gives you freedom to just be you. but mm-hmm. um, And you have to accept that not everyone's going to like you. You're not going to be everyone's top of, cup right. of tea. And that's okay. And that's a fact. Right. But it's hard to get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but the kids that are usually teased in middle school do become the cool kids. That's what I have to mm. say. <laughs> um, how did you lift yourself back up? Because you were so young. Did mm-hmm. this kind of, did you get over it quickly? How long did it stay with you? I mean, I would say that people get bullied all the time and that, you know, the bullies may change form, shape, and size, but at the end of the day, they're they're still there, they're still present, and mm-hmm. it's something that I deal with and that everyone deals yeah. with. And I feel like when you think of a bully, you think of, oh, the kid trying to steal the other kid's lunch money, but that's really not <laughs> what it is, because although there is so much female empowerment, obviously that's what this whole podcast is about, there are still women out there tearing down other women, whether it's talking shit, whether it's, you know, direct yeah. Have you um, had a moment where it was not like that? I definitely have had a moment. Crazy you mm-hmm. ask. I went to join a sorority that had all girls from the Midwest because I figured I'm 14 hours away from home. Why be with the same girls that I know mm-hmm. from the East Coast? So I joined a sorority. Little did I know I was literally joining a Midwestern clique. Oh, gosh. Save for a few friends that I, I love mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful to have met. Um, Syracuse was the same way, though. So we get it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of girls going go into sorority life thinking everyone's going to be singing Kumbaya and it's going to be like the circle of life and the Lion King. And it's just not like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. But mm. there were a lot of good things that happened as well. So I, I won't knock it. But my freshman year, my sorority sister called me over and said to me, I just want to tell you that I think you should be a little more insecure because our pledge class thinks you're just like a little bit confident and it makes everyone else feel like they're not, you know, like insecure. Wait, no, no, no. Are you serious? She literally told me to my face, you should be less confident because it makes everyone feel insecure. And I, I was like, oh, okay, thanks so much. And I called my mom. And I was you like, guys can't see me, but my jaw is literally on the ground right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm shook. Yeah, her jaw I'm shook. <laughs> and I was like, thanks for that tip, friend. It was really interesting. And what that taught me is you should never apologize, never change. Unless, of course, you're like hurting someone or mm-hmm. doing something that's good for the wealth and the prosperity of society. But 
you should never change and never listen to anyone who tells you you need to be something that you're not or something less or less because you know what? You could be the ripest, juiciest peach and Mm -hmm. people are just not going to like peaches. And that taught me a lot. So I actually became social chair to try to um, diversify my sorority. It didn't work. And I decided, (laughs) this is bad too. Mm. I decided this is juicy to get a little bit of last minute, not revenge, but I just wanted to make sure that no girl had to experience what I experienced in my sorority uh-huh. house. What'd you do? Um, I became a row gamma, and it takes like five rounds of interviews to become a row gamma. Yeah. I faked it the whole way through. Taylor, I don't know if this is bad. I was like a spy with another operation. Oh my gosh. And the operation was cancel my sorority so i no fucking way live <laughs> i became a row gamma in order to dissuade any girl who i loved from joining my sorority mm. and that year they got like no holy <laughs> shit <laughs> and they actually found out and you know me i'm the, i mentor st- hundreds uh. and uh, hundreds of girls and it's my passion and i want everyone to thrive and survive but i just didn't want any girl to go through what i had gone through mm. and i actually got kicked out of being a rogue emma they found out that i had one girl was a rat goddamn a mission <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny and I laugh about it because, you know what, I I really did save some girls from joining a toxic environment, and yeah, I'm all about um, mentoring people just to to avoid the toxic and and be So I guess that's where your mentorship also started with girls (laughs) your own age. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. (laughs) Wow, that is a crazy story. I'm wondering what tools you use Mm -hmm. to not, you know, overthink everything and not have it affect you as much as it potentially could. Right. Well, Taylor, I think number one, what you should know is I consider everyone outside of my close family circle a bonus in my life. Mm. And when you begin to think of it that way, that all the good in your life is just a bonus to the good you already have, Mm. negative things don't affect you so Mm -hmm. much. I also think that, like I said before, what you ingest, you become. So I listen to happy music. I have podcasts and and things to recommend. Obviously, Girl Gay is top of my list. (laughs) Um, But I only absorb positive things on social media. And I read great books. And I surround myself with good people. Because you can't change the people around you. But you can decide Mm -hmm. who you want to be around. Yeah, I love that. Let's let's dive into social media. So a lot of my friends, some of the interns who I have, want to know how to make social media a safe place. And not have it affect them in a negative way. Because I feel like a lot of girls or just a lot of people in general may compare themselves to other people, may stumble upon Kylie Jenner's or Mm -hmm. the random influencer from Australia's page (laughs) and is like, I don't look like that or I'm not like that or I don't have that boyfriend that looks like that. How do you narrow down or take control over what you absorb on social media? Well, I mean, I definitely do have the habit of scrolling at 2 a.m. when I need to be going to bed. But for the most part, I like to post and respond. Mm -hmm. And also, like the secret to social media, the key to anyone trying to grow or trying to be someone or just trying to improve is you have to just be real. Mm -hmm. And there's strength in being real. Like I have failed 
time and time again. I make my, I dance in public. I sometimes my zipper is down. Sometimes I don't look good. Sometimes I have a booger in my nose. Like I'm not. <laughs> You're real. It's authentic. I'm a real human being, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Like you just got to get on there and talk about what you failed at, and it becomes real. Like, for example, one of my failures is I got into real estate. I had no idea what I was doing. I was making no money. I was so just in over my head, did Mm -hmm. not like it. But you know what? Failure is not failure. It's a redirection. And it directed me to something great. I love that. I love that so much. So when you post your dancing videos on social media, how do you come up with the idea? Do you... (laughs) do you ever get kind of self-conscious if people are looking at you when you are dancing in public randomly yes and no I mean I love to dance I've always loved to dance Mm -hmm. and I'm a horrible dancer by the way (laughs) but it doesn't matter you just feel the rhythm and you go with it and I think it's really important to just express joy however you want to Mm. express joy and that's how I express mine Um, people stare and I kind of take their energy the staring energy and whatever and I just bring it into my own body you just have to learn how to take the people around you and use their energy as your fuel and Mm -hmm. do whatever makes you happy because that's all that matters so who is taking these videos do you have friends oh you literally ask a random ass person on the no oh way. God. I would have never known that I, I, when I've seen you post that, I literally thought it was a friend that you were with. Oh, no. No, my whole social media is just like off the top of my head, you know, in the my moment. mom, my friends, my mm. girlfriends, random person. Um, it's all in the moment. So you also post a lot about going up to random people. <laughs> just explain that a little bit for me. <laughs> I mean, New York is such an interesting place. And it really is. I love to just make the insignificant small moments, like when I'm waiting for a train or a bus or mm-hmm. a plane or in an Uber. I love to make every minute count. And that's what I do. I just, I like to have fun. And I don't think you need to wait to have fun, you know, mm-hmm. wait for the pregame, wait to go out. You're like a very spontaneous person, also. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go to Japan? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> I'm actually going to South Africa on Friday. Oh my gosh, no way. I haven't thought about it. Oh, I'm see. jealous. Oh my gosh, you're going to see so many different animals. I don't know what we're doing. Are you going with your family? Yeah, but my friends live there, so I'm really excited to just Oh, how do you have friends there? I actually became friends with a random photographer during Fashion Week. I saw him standing off in a corner. We became friends. We filmed a YouTube video. Okay, wait. Rewind. <laughs> so how did you go up to him? How did you notice him? Hi, I'm Liv. <laughs> I don't have a secret sauce. I, no one needs a secret sauce. You are your secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my mentor, Jesse Itzler, he always says to me, your personality is your business plan. I love that. And that's what I do. I just, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. What's, it's what's important cooking? to be yourself. Well, it's it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Once you stop caring what people think, mm-hmm. life becomes way more fun. Yeah. Do you ever feel self-conscious when you post about things? A hundred percent. I have been slowly working to fully portray my authentic self. And this year, I'm really excited. I'm about to get deep. You haven't seen anything yet. But you know what? You feel self-conscious at first, but what I tell a lot of my clients is just force yourself. Just go for it. Just do it. And 
you know, the first time you do it, it's scary, but it gets easier over time. Yeah. Have you ever received any negative feedback from of people? Of course. And they DM you or they comment? Like, Both. what is it? I got, a, really? I got a hater in Spanish the other day. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> How do you not let that affect you? I laugh and I then go take a run, work out. Um, I've find that you need to find your fuel. You need to treat your body like a machine. And I use exercise as an outlet. Mm-hmm. I love that. And we were just talking prior to this, if you follow me on Instagram, which probably most of you do who are listening, I don't really post that much on my story looking at the camera, but I started to, to mm-hmm. kind of promote this podcast and I've been really diving into the close friends one with posting more about myself because I feel like I'm like dipping my toes in Um, and then I'll probably eventually feel more comfortable to post it on just like my overall story to have everyone look. But I remember the other day I posted to promote my last episode and it got more reviews than usual and I saw that it got multiple shares and I usually don't do this because... I just, I don't really care who views my stories, but I scrolled through and I saw that some people from high school who literally, I don't follow on Instagram, they don't follow me on Instagram. And it was like one friend group, all watched my stories. And I was like, and I started to think, oh, I wonder who sent it. Oh, I wonder what they're saying about me. But I stopped myself because you can go down a spiral and you yeah. can drive yourself crazy. And this also applies to if you think people are talking shit about you, if you have drama going on and you're wondering if you're just all consumed with how others are perceiving you. But you have to make a conscious choice to not let your mind go there. Right. And also think about it this way. I actually said something um, to my friend Nikki the other day. I had like 120 shares on something that I did. And I said to her, oh my gosh, look at how many haters I have. And she said, Liv, how do you know they're actually haters? How do you, what if they're saying something great about you? What if they're, you just don't know. And for that reason, just number one, I don't look at who watches. And number two, like, you know what? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. As long as they're watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Any press is good for us. With Cardi B say, press, 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 press. <laughs> I also think it's really important to know your worth. I was raised knowing that my self-worth did not rely on my looks. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's more, it is more than that. It's right. personality. It's work ethic. And, and for that reason, I think I've always been confident because I am smart and every other girl out there is smart Mm -hmm. and I am constantly trying to better myself. I'm a student of the world. I like to learn. I don't rely on the school system. I don't think it taught me everything. I don't think it taught me nearly enough. And for that reason, if you're feeling insecure, pick up a book, go listen to a podcast, go talk to someone, ask someone to get drinks if you're interested in what Mm -hmm. they do. And I promise you it will solve most of your insecurity yeah. issues. If you surround yourself with uplifters, that's you'll be my hot. word. It changes your mood instantly. Yes. And I feel like when you surround yourself with those type of people, it has it like rubs off on you yeah. and you become more confident inevitably without even trying. Mm-hmm. You become a product of your environment. Be with the uplifters, baby. Exactly. And I don't know, I I feel like it took me a while to become as confident as I am today, but it all starts with reflecting and being proud of yourself and knowing that you're killing it if you are. One of my daily affirmations is Mm. I wake up every day and I say thank you out loud. 
and I go to bed every night and I say thank you and I like kind of open my palms out to the sky and I just say thank you as if like something has happened that I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. so I think that that welcomes in a lot of good. I, I don't love know that. why. It's like some sort of manifestation that I do, but mm. I find when did that start? Ever since I was little. Really? I've always... You know what's crazy? And I don't... Many people don't know this about me, but before I go to bed, I smile. Every single time. Yeah. Like, before I shut my eyes, I smile. And I started when I was in, like, second grade, because I think one of, the, one of the other girls said that you will have good dreams if you oh. smile before you go to bed. And I've been doing it since second grade oh my god so even if i wake up and i like scroll my phone for five seconds and then i go back to bed i literally before i shut my eyes will smile and then go to bed that i want to do that (laughs) well i feel like you do because if you're saying thank you i feel like it's it's still kind of the same idea yeah and you know what i really do believe it has had a a significant impact on my yeah I mean, actually, I think there was a study a while ago that if you smile at yourself in the mirror or even if you just smile if you're in a bad mood it improves your mood there's some scientific something that gets you into a better mindset. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, if you guys start to smile before you go to say bed or say you. thank you, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> because I feel like adopting some sort of daily affirmation is actually a great gaze goal of the week, which leads us into ours. We always end each episode with a realistic self-care goal. My self-care goal for this week is to go to bed at a normal hour because I've been having really bad insomnia. I don't know what it's from, or maybe it's just like the stresses of coming back to work after this long holiday break, but I just want to get back on my schedule, you know, fall asleep right after The Bachelor ends. (laughs) And that is just my simple self-care goal. I love that. My self-care goal is I really, really, really want to continue my eating habits. Um, I've learned that I have to treat my body like a machine. And what I do is I fruit until noon. So what that consists Mm. of is imagine the fruit is like a Ferrari and carbs or, you know, meat are like big dump trucks. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you want to have a Ferrari zooming down your intestines and not like a big dump truck. Mm -hmm. Need I say more? Uh, This is getting very (laughs) personal. Uh, But you want to eat fruit until noon or something healthy. Have water with lemon just to start. Rev your engine up and get ready for the day because what you put into your body will fuel you, will fuel your day. And I have a lot of things to do. So I just need to, you know, focus on treating myself as well as I can. I love that. You know, I may, maybe I'll, I'll start to have fruit in the morning before I go to work because I normally don't eat anything. I'll just have my cup of coffee, go to work, and then I'll have lunch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if I just like have a few strawberries or an apple, you it, I'm telling you. it gives you the boost of energy that mm-hmm. you need. Well, Liv, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on. I loved our conversation. I'm so grateful. Thank you so oh much my for gosh, having of course. me. I really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, thank you so much. Make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow along at Girl Gaze Pod and at Taylor Bradford. And Liv, where can they find you? At Liv Schreiber, L-I-V-S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. And send me a message. I answer all of them. And tell her that you found her from Girl Gaze Pod. All right, thanks guys, see you next time.